0: Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Basically, It's Biblical. Greetings, everyone, and Shabbat Shalom. Uh, Also, if you do partake in the biblical feast, happy Feast of Tabernacles, or... Sukkot and blessings and greetings to all of those from all around the world. I thank you for joining me in this live broadcast and I also welcome you to participate through the chat line. You can submit your questions and comments. And if you also submit your email address, I will send out material to you as it becomes available. Let us pray. Father, our gracious Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for forgiving us, Lord God. Of our sins we thank you for allowing us another day to spend time with you learning and understanding more and more your will and your messages to us father we thank you for your mercy and your grace we thank you for supplying all of our needs and even some of our wants. Thank you, Lord God, that you remove the gloominess even on the most cloudy and stormy days when we can think that we still have breath, we can still hear, we can still see, we can still feel We can, even if we're feeling pain, we know that we are alive. We can still swallow. We can still taste. We can still smell. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for how marvelously you have made us and that you choose us as the apple of your eye. Thank you, Lord God, for your wisdom And we ask that through your Lord, through the Lord Jesus, our Savior, your Son, Yeshua HaMashiach, we thank you for the Spirit of the Holy Ghost so that we may better understand the information that we are trying to so desperately study and pursue We thank you and we praise you. We give you all the glory for this and all the many things that we experience. Amen and Amen. So here we are finally talking about the Antichrist, right? The enemy. And sometimes um, we have thus far talked about the enemy that's in inner me, and inner you, the enemy, 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 ha ha. And so, (laughs) so at any rate, uh, we also want to learn who is the enemy, who is the accuser, the uh, liar, the father of lies, the deceiver, the conjurer. Beelzebub, otherwise known as Satan or the devil or demons. The Antichrist. Some question, is there an Antichrist? And I would suggest to you that the very idea that you may think that there is no Antichrist, that, oh, the devil doesn't exist, there is no Satan, is his most successful deception. Because likewise, if you deny that evil or that he exists, the spirit of this Antichrist, the man of lawlessness, If he exists, or does not exist, of course, then you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be on your guard. You don't have to be prepared for the many tactics and deceptive activities that may be uh, going on around about you or even within you. If you deny that he, it, the spirit of the Antichrist exists, then you will never try to fight against him. You will never try to build up your resources and yourself, your resources within yourself, against an enemy if you say there is no enemy. And that is exactly what he wants you to do. He wants you to think that he is just a figure that, jumps around in a red jumpsuit with a pitchfork and pointed ears, horns. And oh, isn't that funny? Just something to play with. Not really a real thing to be concerned about. That's exactly what he wants you to think. He wants you to think that, number one, he doesn't exist. And even if he does exist, he's only just this character that jumps around You know, in this red jumpsuit. You know, that likes to play little games with you. You know, little games of deception. Little games of doubt. Harmless, you know. That's what he wants you to think. And even though he wants you to think that, He, all the while, understands he, the Antichrist, the opposite of Christ, the one that goes against Christ. And if you can think of it like that, anything, any person, any action, any thought, the Bible says, that would raise itself up against the thoughts, and actions and desires of Yeshua, Yah, Adonai, the Almighty Lord and Savior, God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if anything raises itself up against the Spirit of God, it is the Antichrist. Whether in spirit or or in physical form, and certainly in word or in deed. So we're going to look at some scriptures that help us to see just what the Antichrist looks like, sounds like, so that we can understand who and what it is when we see it. Because just as in any war, you must first identify the enemy in order to be able to take him out or her, I guess. (laughs) And also, as with any condition that we're to be successful in, you must first identify the condition or the problem or the error or the discrepancy or as we have been talking about recently, the dissonance. We must be able to identify it before we can solve it. Before we can address it, it is most successful if we can identify it. If we can pinpoint the area where the error, the deceit, and the doubt crept in, then we can close off that door and not allow the Antichrist the spirit that goes against God and against us in order to be successful. So let's first look at 1 John. And um, 1 John occurs after Peter, after Second Peter. And... Uh, 1st, 2nd and 3rd John occur in the Bible before Jude. So let's start with 1st John at the 1st chapter and let us read. Reading I'm reading now today from the ESV. You may be reading from the another version. But the ESV is also another good translation. It tends to put things, um, put the wording in um, maybe a more plain way, plain manner. So I'm reading uh, 1 John, the first chapter, the first verse. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, and his men's. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. So now, many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us. But they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide In him. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices Practices righteousness has been born of him. See what kind of love the father has given us. That we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is righteous of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning, because He has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because he keeps his commandments, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of the son of his son, Jesus Christ. And love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the Spirit's. which you have heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, In this commandment, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God This is he who came by the water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the spirit is the one who testifies because the spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men the testimony of god is greater for this is the testimony of god that he has borne concerning his son whoever believes in the son of god has the testimony in himself whoever does not believe god has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. And this is the testimony that God gave us, eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. I write these things to you. not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who was born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his son Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Now, so we see here throughout First John. That we find more information about who the Antichrist is not than who he is. Notice that the writer tells us repeatedly throughout those five chapters, what is love? What is of God? If you are in God and God abides in you, what kind of spirit will you have? You would not be in God and also be practicing sin. So the first thing that we learn is that this sin that goes against God, remember, anything that goes against God is anti-Christ, right? It's anti-against. Anything. In thought, word, deed, spirit, or physical. So we don't have to look around for a red jumpsuit and horns and a pitchfork. If there is a spirit, a person, a deed, an action, a thought that goes against Christ and is not in love because you can't be both. You can't also love, you can't love God. Scripture is very clear. It said repeatedly, you can't love God and also hate your brother. In this case, your brother is all folks, neighbors, immediate next door neighbors, upstairs neighbors, downstairs neighbors, people at work, not just talking about the people who are in the body of Christ, the elect, the children of God, but all. So if there's anyone out there that hates their neighbor, brother, sister, hates insofar as you're doing evil towards them, in any way, shape, form, through deceit, through malice, stealing, robbing, murdering, torturing, Anything that is not love, you are not in Christ and Christ is not in you. And if you're practicing those sins, even the sins that don't lead to death, the writer is telling us, you are displaying hate toward your brother. And therefore, that is anti-Christ, is anti-God. It is a spirit from the devil. He said specifically, those behaviors, that practice of sin is from the devil. So one of the first criteria for someone to be someone or some action or some place or some spirit to be the antichrist Is when they are anti Christ, when they are going against Christ. You're going against love, then that's an anti Christ spirit. That's an anti Christ action. If you're practicing sin, that's an anti Christ behavior. Okay? Then what is the other emphasis in this first book? It is if you deny. That Jesus the Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, is not the Son of God, did not come into the world, did not die, and was not resurrected. If you deny that very fact, you are going against Christ. No need in... Looking around, saying the devil made me do it. I'm, you know, all those evil folks. The demons are out there. Things are, no. If you deny the existence of Christ, if you cannot confess Him with your mouth, then you are essentially anti-Christ, right? Because you can't be you can't be for Him and against Him. So we don't, again, we're not looking for a jumpsuit, a red jumpsuit here. Now, these are things that we don't necessarily think of automatically. People want to think of the Antichrist, the devil, Satan. They're thinking of what? I mean, you know, your your thoughts don't even go to some of these basic tenets. You're thinking about all this other stuff that's out there. You know, the evil that's out there, The the the... the, the, the practice of all kinds of heinous behaviors and uh profane language and profane actions and uh you know Im- you know we want to talk about immorality and sexual sins you know those things we can clearly point to you know adultery murder lying right but here the scriptures are telling us clearly that let's start first with some basics if you go against Christ, if you did not believe and accept and confess that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Christ, then already you are against Christ and anti-Christ. It's a spirit that you either need to get rid of, change, and correct, or... I guess you can choose to continue to go in that direction. If you do not show love, as the scripture says, not just in talk, but in actions. If you see a brother in need, and you do not provide that need insofar as it is in your means to do, then you are not showing love. And therefore, love does not abide in you. Remembering, we're looking at this first because it's important for us to be reminded that the Lord said that judgment will start in the house of God first. Oh, it's easy to point to your neighbor and say, oh, they're such a liar. It's easy to point to the other person and say, oh, look at that how they committed that murder, that thief. But we first have to look at ourselves and our behavior first, because God is going to talk to us first, one-on-one with us, not the person down the street, not the person in the next country. Do you have love? God is love. If you say that you are of God and you do not love. Then you're either saying that God is a liar. Or you're the liar. Oh, I know you thought we were just going to talk about the little man in the red jumpsuit. But we have to talk about all of the aspects of the Antichrist. The Antichrist spirit and also the person Of the Antichrist. Who is the man. Of lawlessness. Have you ever. uh, Thought about. What does it really mean. To be lawless. Lawless. Not regarding. The laws. Disobeying the laws. Saying. Perhaps that. You are above the law. You don't have to act in accordance with laws. The laws don't apply to you. If there are any persons, humans, spirits, otherwise, that act in a manner in which they disregard the law, the laws of God, and perhaps even the laws of society. If there is someone that is not displaying love, care, warmth, compassion, empathy, sympathy, protection, security, safety, warmth, truth. Justice toward another human being. That person is not of God. That's a spirit that is against God. It's not very difficult. It's not rocket science. It's not chemistry. It's not biochemistry. It's not physics. It's not even algebra. It's not, this is just basic math. If you do not love, and anything that is not of love is not of God, period. We, don't even, we really don't even need to go very much farther than that. If you want to judge the spirits, which was what we read, test the spirits, if it's cold outside if it's raining outside and and um someone can walk by you or walk by someone else and not give them see that they're frigid they're cold and not give them a jacket that's not a that's obviously not a display of love if you see someone hungry if you see someone in pain in tor- turmoil in distress And you can't come to their aid. You have no sympathy, no empathy, no protection, no consideration for that human being or even an animal. That's not love. Plain and simple. It's clear. We don't need to convene a congress. We don't need to go to the uh, the gurus. We don't need to consult a dictionary. You don't need to take a vote. It's clear. It's not love. It's not of God. Love doesn't abide in that person or in that spirit. And therefore, they have a spirit of the Antichrist. They may not be the person of the Antichrist, but they have a spirit of of the Antichrist. The scripture clearly says that you cannot love God and be of God and be in Christ and Christ in him if you practice sinning. Practice sinning. Practice lawlessness. Let's go on. To 2 John. 2 John chapter 1, starting with verse 1. The elder to the elect, lady, and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever, grace. Mercy and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning. That we love one another, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment. Just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess the coming of Christ in the flesh, such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the father and the son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him in your house or even give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk to you face to face, so that our joy may be complete. That the children, of uh, the children of your elect sister, greet you. Second, uh, third John. The elder, to the beloved Gaius whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified of your truth, as indeed you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. Beloved, it is faithful that it is a, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, hating your brother was equated to murder. In 1 John. We have a nice little package. From 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. That gives us. Really all the material we need. To test the spirits. If they be of God. In God. Have love. If they can't display love if they can't confess the Lord, if they practice sin, if they practice lawlessness, then that's the spirit of the Antichrist. It goes, it's anti-Christ. It goes against Christ. If you do not obey the commandments, And interestingly enough in both 1 John and 2 John it made the distinction the commandments of Christ and then it said the commandments of God. And as of yet none of those commandments have changed. And John points out, in many instances, you knew this information from the beginning. From the beginning, you had this information. In other words, and in fact, he said specifically, no one needs to teach you this. No one needs to tell someone when they've been hateful, mean, ugly, murdered, robbed, beat up, tortured, Demeaned. Someone they don't have to be told that, that was wrong. They know it's wrong. In other words, John is saying you kn- you knew this from the beginning. You need not have anyone ask to teach you this. In fact, you probably know of someone that has said to you, you know, um. Rather flippantly, of course. Oh well, you know, I, 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 I don't go to church because, you know, I, I couldn't go. I couldn't go in that church. Not, you know, not as bad as I am. Well, on the one hand, you know, they're acknowledging. I know I'm. I know I'm sinful. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to take take myself into a church. Cause something inside them, they already they know this, right? However, the lie of Satan is that you shouldn't go to the church because you're so sinful. That's the lie. Because it is precisely in the body of Christ, in the word of God, that we should go. So that we know, first and foremost, that Jesus, Yeshua, Hamashiach, died for our sins a, he paid a propitiation. He paid for our sin debt so that we may go to the Father. But as long as Satan continues to deceive, as the scripture said, as we just read, many antichrists will come and many cri- antichrists are already So, clearly, it's not just a person that we're waiting to see. If many Antichrists are already here, it's not just a single person that we're waiting to see. Oh, there will be the person of the Antichrist, the person, the man of lawlessness, But already, there is a spirit of the Antichrist. In fact, the scripture said, is already in the world. So we have begun now to identify what are some of the behaviors and characteristics of the Antichrist. Those are some of just the beginnings. Now let's go on to read... John 10, 10 through 16. That is the uh, the book of John, John 10. And of course you know that's uh, at the beginning of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 10, starting at verse 10 through 16 and it reads The thief he flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep I am the good shepherd I know my I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. One flock, one shepherd. So, (laughs) the distinction, of course, being made that the good shepherd does not have to be paid to tend to the tend to the flock. Those people who are just there for the money, when the money is gone, they leave the flock. They leave the flock, they leave the people unprotected because the money is gone. The good shepherd takes care of the flock even when there is no money involved. In fact, all the more reason because there's no money involved. You could think of it as plainly as that. But the good shepherd lays down his life. And he gives. In other words, he's giving. He doesn't have to be hired to do so. He doesn't have to be you know, demanded to do so. The good shepherd just naturally wants to give. And then... You know, in another way of thinking about the Antichrist, we are reminded that there are a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing. So we're not, again, looking for a red jumpsuit with, uh, you know, somebody with a pitchfork. But there are some people that present themselves all dressed up, all prettied up, nice, fine shoes, clothing, good speech, all that stuff, all for deception. Because clearly, if the devil appeared to you, if Satan appeared to you as the person in a jumpsuit with a pitchfork, you'd already know what he was when you saw him you would be able to readily identify, oh, that's Satan, that's the devil. So clearly he's not going to present himself with a pitchfork and horns coming out of his head. He's going to present himself in a way that you're not expecting. That's why we're not concentrating on what the Antichrist looks like. We're concentrating on the spirit of the antichrist and his behavior and his tactics which primarily stem from deceit and doubt from false doctrines words that are not of God remembering that in 1 John 2nd John and 3rd John that we just read if the words if what they're teaching is not Of the word of God. Then it is of the spirit. Of the antichrist. If they're telling you. You do not have to obey the commandments. Then it's not of God. You do not have to love your brother. Your neighbor. That is not of God. We're clearly recognizing. What are those characteristics. That go against the Christ. And of course, if you're going against the Christ, then you're also going against his father. Let us go on. What is something else that the enemy, the thief, does? He steals, he kills, and destroys. And of course, that's not just your... You know, he's not just stealing the money out of your pocket. He's not just stealing... um you know your that that brand new sofa that you just bought or that TV that you just put in the you know in the in the den that's stealing he's stealing cuz what came after that abundant life he's stealing your life he is stealing your life remember choose ye this day death or life the thief, the destroyer, the enemy, the accuser comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So (laughs) he steals from you the essence of your life. He makes sure to kill you And if that's not enough, he's going to also destroy you. How many of you know that if you don't fully eradicate the enemy, they come back? The word of God says that you can send out the demons, out one demon. And if you don't fill your house with the love of God, then those demons will come back with seven more You have to completely eradicate the enemy. The enemy is not playing. The enemy is not dancing around. He's going to steal, kill, and destroy. Let's go to Luke 22 and 31. Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. Powerful, 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 powerful. I'm sorry. Did I give you the right one? Yes. 22. Uh, Yes. 22 and 31. Simon, Simon, behold. Satan demanded to have you. That he might sift you. Like wheat. But I have prayed for you. That your faith. May not fail. And when you have turned again. Strengthen your brothers. That was verse 32. But verse 31 is very clear. Satan demanded. To have you. That he might sift. You like wheat. Now, if you've ever baked a cake back in the old day when you had to sift the flour, and you're putting it through that sifter, and you want it to be nice and fine, and you're sh- sh- turning that handle and turn, you're not being nice to the flour. You're crushing that flour. You're, you're grinding down that flour. Satan comes to sift you that he might sift you. Might sift you like wheat and how can he how can you be assured that he won't? the answer is in verse 32 but I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. it's the faith. your faith is what gives you the strength. notice that was the next word strengthen. Your brothers. Let's go to Romans 11. Romans 11 and verse 7. Yes, verse 7. Romans 11, verse 7 through verse 12. What then, Israel? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it but the rest were hardened as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear down to this very day. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and bend their backs forever. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? So here I introduce this scripture because I want you to be sure about what John was saying in 1 John and 2 John. When it said that if you abide in God, and Jesus abides and, and God abides in you, and you if you abide in Jesus and Jesus abides in you, if love abides in you, then you abide in God, and God is love, and God is in you. And remember it also said that they would not listen. They would not listen, not that they couldn't hear, but they would not listen. So here we have an indication and another um, uh, support, another scripture that witnesses to the other scripture. That why is it that when you are trying to give someone the truth, when you're trying to lead someone in the word of God, when you're trying to present it to them, and you know that they hear it, but they won't listen. If they won't listen to you, remember 1 John he said if they won't listen to you then they're not of God. In other words, if they won't receive it then they're not of God. When you how many times have you tried to correct someone and they won't listen? Right? Well, here is part of the answer as to why they won't listen. Because in the verse in verse 8 it says God have has given them a spirit of stupor. In another translation, he it says he has given them a strong delusion. A strong delusion. And also we read that if people see sin and they see evil and they support it, then You're you're just as guilty as doing the evil yourself. In fact, 1 John and 2 John said, don't even let them in your house. Don't give them aid. Because these are the people that won't listen. And why aren't they listening? Because at this point, God God has released them to their unrighteousness. You say you want to be evil. You say you don't want to obey. Okay, go on. Do as much bad and as much sin as you want to do. He gives them a strong delusion so that they can't even hear. So that they can't even hear. Let's go to Luke 10 and verse 16. And, um... Luke chapter 10 and verse 16. The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. can make it any more plain than that. If you're speaking the truth, if you're sharing the word of God as as it is written with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as he guides you into all truths and all understanding, all wisdom. And a person hears you, then they're hearing Jesus. That's who is speaking here. The letters are in red. If they reject you, they're rejecting him. And if they're rejecting him, then they're rejecting the God who sent him. Back to that spirit of the Antichrist. I shared with you in the... Preview on Friday, 1 Samuel chapter 8. And I asked the question: how did we get here? Why, why are we here? Why is there judgment? And we and I I, I mentioned that, you know, throughout history, all of history that we know, particularly as it is presented in in and throughout the scriptures, both Old Testament and New. What is the presiding or the predominant theme? The Israelites, whom we are, are blessed. They get blessed. Everything's going great. Then they turn away from God. They refuse to listen. They refuse to obey his commandments. And then what happens? Then they're sent into captivity. They're enslaved. They're punished. They're in the wilderness. They are, as in Deuteronomy, they're cursed. You're cursed with a curse. And we have gone through this cycle year in and year out over the thousands and thousands of years. We are blessed. We go a little while. We do okay. And then, then we decide to turn against God. We decide not to follow his commandments. Then we get cursed. Then we get punished. And then we cry out and cry out and cry out and come back to God and give all kind of promises. And Lord, we love you. We'll worship you. We we, we want to do what you say. We want to do your will. We want to follow in your ways. And he, of course, he loves you. He, be- he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God, hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Why do people refuse to listen? Why do people refuse to hear? Even when you're telling someone in love what the word of God says. If you're talking to a sinner who is practicing sin. Because see, it's okay. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't mean it's okay. It's one thing to, you know, to, to, to lie once, right? To tell, to tell a lie once. But if you are constantly, every day, all everything that comes out of your mouth is a lie, then you're practicing lying right maybe you and your family are hungry and you and you go to the store and you steal a loaf of bread and some some peanut butter right and you do that once okay it's still it's still wrong it's still a sin but you did it once and you're not and you're not practicing the sin and then if someone corrects you then you, okay, you stop. You, okay, I, I did wrong. I don't want it. I won't do it again. You Ask for forgiveness. You, forgi- you know, you apologize. You apologize to the clerk at the store. Maybe you even go and you repay because the, the Lord says to repay. Replace what you've, what you've stolen, right? So you do that and then you go on and you don't practice it anymore. But it's because you, you heard the correction. You received the correction. And you acted on the correction. So you're not practicing the sin. You know, just as people who... Um, in, 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 uh, sexual immorality. Any sexual immorality. Homosexuality, uh, lesbianism, uh, uh, sodomy. All, all of those things. Uh, fornication, adultery. It's one, it's, it's, it's one situation to, to do it once. <laughs> okay, and I guess if you like it, you did it a second time. But do you practice it? Is it a practice? Is it a lifestyle? You have a lifestyle of sin. You have a lifestyle of lawlessness. It is just what you do. You just do lies. You, it, you, I, you're you a thief. You, that, that's what you do. You practice it. You live it. Every moment of your day, you're trying to think, how can I steal some more and steal better? How can I con somebody? How can I deceive someone? Practicing, right? That's the difference. Well, that's also related to hearing. Because many people have heard that they shouldn't do certain activities. They hear it, and there's a difference between hearing and listening, right? Okay, so let's go to John 18. John chapter 18, just a few chapters over, and verse 36. In fact, um... It'll be 36 and 37, of course. John chapter 18, verse 36 and 37. Jesus answered and said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. He's answering Pilate here, and what is he saying? Why does he say this, and why do I bring this up here? Because we're not supposed to be of this world. The Antichrist is the ruler of this world. Satan is ruling in this world. God gave it over to him for a certain time. He is allowed to do only what God allows him to do if we are in God and God is in us and we are in love and we love and we love our brothers and if we are in God, then we are obeying his commandments and if we say we love God and we love Jesus, then we're obeying his commandments and if we're doing that, then we are not anti-Christ and here Jesus is saying if he, in other words, if he was murderer, then we're denying God because God is truth. When we're denying love, we're denying God because God is love. When we're denying peace, we're denying God because God is peace. When we deny justice, we are denying God because God is justice. all of those kinds of behaviors, all of those kinds of spirits, demons, devils, satans, ideas and deceit are all anti-Christ. People who practice lawlessness are not of God, so they are anti-Christ. People who practice sinning Practice hate are not of God and are anti-Christ. I don't care what kind of title they have. I don't care what kind of badges they wear. You know, the Jesus pins and the Jesus scarves and the Jesus hats and all that sort of, you know, the crosses and the amulets and, you know, all that sort of, they can have Bibles stacked up to the ceiling if they are practicing sin practicing hate, practicing lawlessness. They are not of God. God is not in them. And it is Antichrist. That is, now we have talked about the spirit of the Antichrist and some of the characteristics of the Antichrist. Later, we will talk about the person of the Antichrist. And I've said in previous episodes uh, that one of the ways that we will know for sure who the person of the antichrist is when that person of the antichrist takes his seat in the temple that uh, folks are trying to build right now they take he takes his seat in the simple in the temple and declares that he is god and go and and turns against the peace agreement that he declared and uh, eradicates the sacrifices which he allowed, he agreed to allow. When he desecrates the temple of God, that person is the anti, the person of the Antichrist. But I ask you to look at the fact that we are a temple of God. And has Satan, has the spirit of the Antichrist taken up residence? Does he sit in your temple? Remembering that judgment will first begin in the house of God, in the children of God, among the churches. Is the enemy in me? Is the enemy in you? And finally, I'll leave you with a reading from Psalms. And it is from Psalms, or Psalm, I'm sorry, Psalm, I should say, chapter 10, verses 3 through 11. Psalm, chapter 10, verses 3 to 11. For the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul, And the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high. Out of his sight, as for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved throughout all generations. I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. The helpless are crushed, sink down, and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten, and he has hidden his face, and he will never see it. I pray that this Bible study has been an inspiration to you and that it has given you some food for thought as to what the spirit of the Antichrist is and hopefully you're beginning to develop in your mind who the Antichrist is. I pray that you have heard the word That you will receive the word and that the Holy Spirit will help you to have wisdom in the word. And so until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace.